Good evening, good evening, brothers and sisters. Please have a seat. All right, I'm about to share the greatest love story in history. Greatest love story in history. There's two parts to that sentence. Love story and history. History means it's factual. History means it's proven. History means it has happened. So, um, before we get started, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this day gathering, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you that some 2,000 years ago, on this day, Lord, you came back. We thank you so much. Let your word speak to us, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our hands so we can activate what you have asked us to, asked us to do, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, I took this from Facebook. I know what you're thinking. Shouldn't this sermon be based on a Bible? Absolutely. But I want to just say that some of us, and I used to be guilty of this. I'm trying to be very careful now. Some of us opens our Facebook a little bit more often than opening our Bible. Right? So, I hope that this will encourage you that, don't worry, even in Facebook, there are a lot of wonderful Bible verses there. So, on this left side of yours, there's a receipt. And I saw this on Facebook. I checked with Pastor Darren. Pastor Darren, this is really what I want to speak about. This is what God has put into my heart. Let's talk about this receipt. But the other question is, and if you recall and listen carefully, Pastor Darren just eight, ten minutes ago said, welcome to the special Easter service, Resurrection Sunday service. He uses two, two terms, Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Is it the same thing? What is Easter? What does this receipt have to do with the Easter bunny. And I was with my wife um, a couple weeks ago at a hotel. We were, we were at a meeting at an event, and we saw at the lobby of the hotel kind of a little Easter bunny kind of a setup with Easter eggs, and kids are there kind of looking for Easter eggs and Easter bunny. So what does Easter bunny have to do with Jesus dying for us and risen? So... Um, I'd like to explore this. Next slide, please. I, I feel like this is an important time for today of all the different sermons that we listen to, not just to actually listen and know and understand, but apply. I'm hoping that for those fellow believers, you will do, not just agree. Having faith is one thing. Being obedient takes a slightly different confidence and posture. So I hope that this is a practical sermon that allows us to self-reflect, self-regulate, and perhaps it's a conversational starter. And that's the do part. How can we engage pre-believers and even existing brothers and sisters who may not have come to church because of the pandemic to re-engage them? It's a conversational starter. So we'll talk about sin, sacrifice, We'll talk about our Savior. What is the deal with the payment? I remember even as a kid, back in the kampong in Indonesia, people saying, Jesus died for your sins. Okay, cool. But 
what, why? I was a kid. I, I wasn't really doing bad things that time. So what was the payment for? We'll talk a little bit about faith and obedience, and we're going to anchor all this um, in the Bible first in Romans 6, which we'll share with you in a bit. And I will talk a little bit about can I continue sinning? Because if you look at the receipt, it's past mistakes. What about future mistakes? Right? And um, finally, of course, as I mentioned, the conversational start starter. What does Easter Bunny have to do with Jesus dying for us and being raised from the dead? So before I get started on this, I thought maybe it's important to share a little bit on that the concept of where the book of Romans come in. And uh, we're going to share this Bible verse. It's a little bit long. Bear with me. Let's read it together. Slave to righteousness, Romans 6, 15, 23. Romans 6, 15 to 23. It's up on the screen. You may read your Bibles on your phone or actually on the Bible, the physical Bible as well. Feel free to do that. But I'm just going to read it out and then allow us to ponder on this rather long Bible verse. And the last sentence is what anchors everything. I'll start with the last sentence. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the game changer. So brothers and sisters, we know the ending of this love story. We know the ending. Different from a Korean drama or a Hong Kong drama, we sometimes don't know the ending, although you can guess it. We know this ending. The ending of the this love story is we will live forever with Christ Jesus. So that's the most beautiful love story in the world. But let's start from the beginning of this um, short Bible verse. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? What law? We'll talk about that. By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves that you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Slaves, sin, death, righteousness, obedience. These are the words that's coming out now. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the Romans, continues, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourself as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. Very important. What he says here is, I'm using everyday examples, right? Not Saturday service, not Christmas service, not Easter service, every day. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you cannot remove 
Christ Jesus from the equation. You cannot remove and just believe in God. God, through Jesus Christ, is the Savior. So I want to just quickly also just touch upon, in contrast, I want to say the book of Romans is a part of the 66 books of the Bible, and I just want to quickly give you an overview of the Bible, all right? It's not meant to be a seminary study, but it's an overview. Take a look at this from the left to the right. There are 66 books in the Bible in total. Old Testament, New Testament. Last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. And the first book, Matthew of the New Testament. That's kind of like the sequence. By the way, I know some of you who are biblical scholars, you will say, you know, not everything is in the sequence. I know. I know. But generally speaking, the first five books starts with Genesis. The first book of the Torah, which is the Jewish Bible, is Genesis. The last book is Akandatang, Revelations, coming soon. And everything else in between is the Bible, 66 books. So we have in the Old Testament, just to give you a quick summary, God really didn't talk to you and I directly. In the Old Testament, God used three types of people to talk to us. First type, prophets. From Moses to Malachi, there were prophets. And at one point, one book talked about judges. Anybody who knows this, the, the biblical story of Samson and Delilah, right, Gideon, these are all judges. And then at some point, there's First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. We talk about kings, King David, King Solomon, right? So God used three types of people to talk to us in the Old Testament because he was God. Cannot talk directly. Prophets, judges, kings. And then the wisdom series, we have uh, minor prophets. And God said, I've given you so many things to do. I've made my covenant, my promises to you. Somehow you, which are the Jewish people, by the way, the Hebrews, you still couldn't keep your end of the bargain. So that's when I decided to send my own son, which starts in the gospel, book of Matthew, four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. After these four gospels, there's a whole series of what they call the letters, the epistles. I had to, first when I actually became a Christian, I didn't really know what the word epistle means. It was just letters. That time, at that time, WhatsApp was not available. Email is not available. And how do people communicate? Through writing letters. And then at the end, of course, we've got the book of Revelations, which is the coming soon. So if you see, there's going to be a pattern. I'm going to show you the pattern. The book of uh, Romans is the first book. Uh, it's the first letter that Paul wrote. And it's the beginning of Christianity because Jesus Christ is the early church days. It's the beginning. Next slide, please. What you can see is this, and I hope that you can see the patterns of mankind from the first day until the last day. Mankind, me, from Adam, God has made something called a covenant. Covenant is basically a promise, a conditional promise. You can do everything. I will love you. You will live forever with me, beside me, enjoy 
this wonderful relationship, just don't eat the apple. Of course, covenant, you can see that there's sin. And because of sin, our relationship with God has been damaged. We go into physical exile as well as spiritual exile. But God loves us so much. That's the love story that He will always redeem us. Unfortunately, this pattern happens all the time. If you look and if you read the Old Testament, it happens from Adam and Eve, even with Moses being exiled, the Jewish people to, um, from Egypt to the Promised Land, to King Saul, to King David, to King Solomon, and every other one of their kings and princes continues to make the same mistake again. So as a result, God at one point said, okay, enough of those judges, enough of the prophets, and enough of those kings, I will send my own son, not to tell you what to do, because you know, the Jewish culture is one of the, probably one of the best and most documented cultures in the history. They know what to do. It was not do you know or not, it's how, the application. So he sent his perfect son, the perfect man, to come and show us how to do it. And if you look at that, you see the pattern. How do you break this vicious cycle? There's no other way than to do it yourself. And God did it through Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because if you look at the Old Testament, especially in the book, uh, in the book of Leviticus, for those who have read the book of Le Leviticus, they talk a lot about animal sacrifices. Ooh, that's so yucky. We don't do sacrifices anymore. Well, we don't have to because God gave us the perfect sacrifice. So let's take a look at the next slide there. This is the Old Testament versus the New Testament type sacrifice situation. Take a look at this. Old Testament, you needed sacrifices to temporarily atone you, to make good on your sins. In the New Testament, one sacrifice, permanent sacrifice. In the Old Testament, Aaron was the first priest. I think Aaron was the older brother of Moses, I think, yeah. Um, Jesus is the high priest in the New Testament. We used to use animal blood for sacrifices. Why? Because blood symbolized life. If you sinned against God, you must atone for it. But remember the cycle, covenant, sin, exile, redemption. You keep trying to atone yourselves. Eventually, God says, okay, I have to find a way to break this cycle. That's why I'm going to provide you my only son, my own flesh and blood, to be your sacrifice. One sacrifice. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus, you will read that only the best animals, the one that's without defect, would be sacrificed to God in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it wasn't the perfect um, animal. It was the perfect life. Right? And if you continue on, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle, the tent, where the, 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 the two tablets of the um, Ten Commandments were there, 
you're not allowed to approach them. There are certain rituals, sacrifices, you've got to keep yourself clean. But what happened on Good Friday, which is what Pastor Darren just shared, God allowed you to have direct access to Him through the perfect sacrifice. That was the only way, guys. That's why it's the perfect and the most beautiful love story. He loves you so much. He loves me so much that He says, you know what? I will give you the perfect sacrifice so you can come to me directly. And what we were trying to show you here is that God not only tells us what to do, through Jesus Christ, He shows us how to do it. So that's the manual. Next slide, please. So that was the reason why the payment was necessary. The payment was necessary because our sinful rhythm, that sinful habit had to be broken. If you look at it, shall we sin? No, because, uh, because we are not under the law. What was the law? So there was about 600, 613 laws in the Old Testament that as a Jew, if you want to have that relationship with God, this is what you need to do. No longer. No longer are sacrifices required because I will give you the perfect sacrifice. So it is under Jesus that the gift of God was given and the gift is free. Just like that receipt, it was all paid for. Let me repeat that. You don't have to do anything. The best free lunch and dinner forever. You don't even have to do anything. Just accept our Lord Jesus as your Savior because that's the fact. And it's given to you freely. But this is how God loves us. And I keep coming back to the perfect love story because love is not forcing you. Love gives you a choice, which I'll talk about a little bit. So at some point, God says, you know what? I will, I will spot you first. I will actually give my hand first to you. I'll give my second hand to you, third hand. At some point, God wants you to engage with Him in a personal relationship. And that's really that relationship that we want you to remember from Easter. Not the Easter bunny. Not the Easter egg. But the relationship that God deeply, deeply desires for you. And to demonstrate that, He gave you the gift his only son. So, the good news is we're no longer slave to sin and we have eternal life. So, the payment has been made. Next slide, please. So, the question is, once the payment is made, so, so how? I now believe in Jesus. Well, that's the first step. They call it the leap of faith. You have to take that first step. But after you do the leap of faith, what you really want to think about and contemplating, and this is really for you to contemplate and reflect is, now what? Well, if you love somebody, you want to learn more about him or her, right? If you're married, you want to learn about your wife or your husband. If you're dating, if you love your children, if you love a hobby, you want to learn more about whatever you love. So we, we really encourage you to do what you love. If he loves you, why don't you try to love him back? Try to understand him. Try to read the Bible every day. Try to pray every moment. 
try to have fellowship with other brothers and sisters because he will join you there. When there's two or three of you, I will be there. Right? And in that process, we hope that you will start to, if you look at it, start to kind of shift from slaves to sin to slaves to righteousness. In that process, you will start to try one step, one inch at a time to become a little bit more like Jesus, a little bit more holy, a little bit more towards. And this word was a big word. Pastor Jeremy many years ago was sharing this with me during my discipleship studies with him. Sanctification. Sanctification simply means to be more and more holy over time. And it is not a switch. It is a process that takes Years takes a, takes a lifetime in this side of eternity. But the good news is, as you remember what Jesus said, I will send you the counselor. The Holy Spirit is with us. So don't try to do this sanctification by yourself. Do it together with your brothers and sisters. That's why Pastor Darren would really invite you and welcome you back as we kind of move into this endemic situation. Welcome you back to church. Do you have to come to church? No. We want you to come to church because we want to see each other physically. If before Zoom and COVID-19, but now it's a chance to rekindle that brotherhood, that sisterhood, that friendship, right? God loves it when His children are together. So I would like to make sure that you, you start to think about this word righteousness because we have our own ways to self, create my own self-logic of why I do certain things. But you have been already made right by God through Jesus Christ. Give that a chance before you impose yourself. So this is my uh, last kind of long slide. If you read the places where I highlight it, so the concept is not just to have faith, but as believers, we want to be obedient. And that's the hard part. Leap of faith and to be obedient. And to be obedient means just trying to be engaged with each other, trying to do things not because of your convenience or inconvenience, but because the greatest love story has already shown and taken the first step, second step, and third step. When Pastor Darren invites you back to church, I'm not speaking on his behalf. I'm speaking as a, as a, I'm a member of this church. When, when the invitation comes in, and by the way, it's been every couple of weeks now, for every week, the invitation is not from him, it's from God. I dare say that. To come back, enjoy the fellowship, pray together, very powerful. God, God loves it. All right? So um, I just want to be careful and just say, because, you know, God gave us a mind, gave us choices, we sometimes feel that, okay, I'm going to use the intelligence, the talents and the gifts that God gives me and rationalize just be mindful that those gifts also are the same gifts and talents that caused you prior to accepting Jesus to be sinners. So that moment of clarity is still there where you can swing back to your old ways. Some people used to say, oh, I'm a backslidden Christian. How can you be? If you're walking in Christ together, you're just moving a little slower than other people, right? Don't say you're backslidden. I hope that, that, you know, that's not something that we want to look forward to. Next slide, please. 
So coming back to this, what does this receipt have to do with the Easter bunny? If you look at it, sin paid, shame paid, pain paid, past mistakes paid, rejection, loneliness paid, slavery to sin, as the Bible verse says, we're no longer slave to sin, but slave to righteousness because God is our master before sin was our master. Well, here's the punchline. There's actually no relationship between the Easter bunny and Jesus' resurrection. But it's worth to have that conversation starter so that, because what happened is uh, on Thursday, which is Maori Thursday, I was at the gym and there was a couple people that was there and I heard some parties next door and downstairs in the gym and then one, one lady said, hey, Carl, good to see you. I said, hey, good to see you. Long weekend, Easter weekend. What are you doing? What's your plans? She actually said that. And then, you know, she was all dressed up for a party. So she's thinking that maybe I'll go to one of the parties. I said, well, my plan is to go to church. <gasps> she actually stopped for a while. She looked at me. I go, yeah, I'm going to go to church. Twice. Oh, 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 oh okay. okay. That, that's good. I said, you want to come? Oh, I've got plans. It's okay. God can wait. Right? So, I think it's important that we actually understand what is biblical truth and what is tradition and what is fake. So, fake news coming here. Thank you very much. So, Easter, Easter Bunny, Easter eggs, these are not Christian principles. They're actually pagan worship. Pagan means non-Christian. Um, I don't even know how to say that name. The second bullet point, Oist, uh, Eoster. She was actually the goddess of dawn. The Germans, the old Brits, many, many years ago in England, they believed that she was the goddess of dawn, goddess of spring, because Easter, uh, you know, if you look at roughly the dates when you know, Jesus was crucified, it was around springtime. So that was really why that there's this tradition that got embedded on top of really the most beautiful love story in the world here. So I want you to, to know that Maybe this is a conversation starter that you can have with non-believers or even believers. Hey, how are you celebrating Christmas? Ah, sorry. Same, same thing, by the way. How are you celebrating Easter? How are you celebrating Easter? Right? Hey, do you know what's the... What does the Easter bunny have to do with the cross? Those are wonderful conversation starters. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't celebrate Easter. God has this unblemished history of making bad things be good for him. That's what's so powerful about our God. He loves us so much that he can take this word Easter and make it something that's so beautiful and so wonderful. So I hope that you guys feel empowered, not just to know and understand, but to apply, to have that conversation with each other have that conversation with your friends, your family members, you know, your colleagues, people that maybe you meet on um, Grab or the taxi on the way here, with your mask on, of course, right? And engage them and say, hey, what do you know about Easter? Easter money? Fantastic. What a great way to get started. The last slide, please. So um, I just want you to think about these three questions, and maybe these are the three questions that some of the cell group members may ponder upon, and if not, 
amongst you, you, yourselves, maybe later, uh, later on as well. What does being obedient to God mean for me every day? Remember that Bible verse in our daily lives. Is it easy or hard to be obedient? What's, hold, what's holding me back? How am I trying to over-rationalize my own ways versus what the Bible tells us to do or what God is telling you to do? And finally, this Easter maybe is a little too late. Think about next Easter. Has God put someone in your heart? Has God put someone in your mind that you should be starting to pray for? Maybe for our Alpha programs? And I would encourage you, don't wait till next Easter. We got Christmas coming up in six months' time. So, I hope that this sermon enlightens you a little bit. I hope it encourages you to wrestle with a little bit about faith and obedience. And I hope and I pray that God will continue to use all of you, each one here, whether you're listening on online or through a podcast or those who are here physically, I invite you to continue to journey with God, to reach out to those who doesn't know Him yet, and share the most beautiful love story in history. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your only Son to die for us. We are people of sin. We were born into sin. But you have given us eternal life because of your grace. We want to lean towards you. We want to seek your face at every moment. Empower us, Lord, so we can continue to partner with you in this journey of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray.